This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Ambulatory Surgery Center's podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Ashley Kramer, Clinical Administrator of Lakewood Ranch Surgical Suites in Sarasota, Florida. Ashley, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Now, I know we're going to talk about a lot of different things, what's going on in healthcare and some of the big trends in ASCs, as well as, you know, some of your advice for up-and-coming administrators on how to build a great culture. But before we dive into those questions, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background? Sure, absolutely. So I have been in the operating room for 21 years now. I started in sterile processing, worked as a surgical technologist. Then I became a nurse. Um, I was, I could scrub and circulate cases. I traveled for a little while and I ended up in Florida. So once I got to Florida, I worked as a circulating room, um, operating room nurse. And at that point, I moved in, I got the opportunity to become the director of nursing at an ambulatory surgery center. So I accepted that position and it was a brand new construction at the time. And I got to finish construction and open the center. Shortly after opening, I got the opportunity to move into the administrator's role. And I did. It was a long year of many, many ups and downs, (laughs) a lot of successes, a lot of failures, great learning experiences. Um, I was with that center for about four years, and my husband and I moved over to Sarasota to be closer to our families. Uh, When a major investing partner, Surge Center Development, um, decided to get doctors together in the Sarasota Bradenton area, they knew that I had moved over here. So they got in contact with me and asked if I wanted to be the administrator of a brand new surgery center. So I was super excited to get the opportunity and we're, I'm really gearing up right now and looking to move into the new center in about a month and start surgery early 2022. So that's kind of where I've been and where I am now. That's amazing. So you've gotten this great career in medicine, you know, going from sterile processing into nursing and then, um, you know, into the ASC setting and gotten this experience as well and looking at the administrator role um, and now developing this new center that's about ready to open. Um, It just seems like there are so many different avenues and things to be excited about for the future. Oh, absolutely. Um, I've tried, I've been active with one of the credentialing uh, organization for operating room nurses as well. Uh, they kind of work closely with the AORN. So I've been trying to keep up with those professional organizations also. Um, we uh, The new certification that was just uh, released early 2021, I think, I actually helped write the test questions. It was It's for the certified nurse in the ambulatory surgery center, so CNAMB. Um, but I try to keep up on all of that and really just doing whatever I can to push the industry forward. That's fantastic. So um, 
I'm wondering in thinking about developing this new center and your role as well in kind of the ambulatory surgery center setting nurses, making sure there's a certification and, um, you know, they're, they're re- really being pushed forward for the industry. What are some of the top trends that you're following right now that you think are really important and um, should be top of mind of, for any leaders in the ASC industry as they're trying to build a center for success going forward? Right now, the I can definitely see a culture shift overall in just nursing in general, the operating room, there's just a major shift going on. We have a lot of maybe view, we have different viewpoints coming to play that were maybe are different than how, you know, we were all taught nursing. So to the quality of care that your patients receive is ultimately the highest priority. With that, you have to have staff that can provide that. So when you're putting together your team, especially opening a new facility or, you know, if you're new in your role and trying to really change that culture and mold that culture, you've got to look for the qualities that you want. You know, the stuff that you see in yourself and you want to reflect that into the staff. Um, work ethic, hard work, you know, those are things that also join in with the more kind of hot topic, political items, you know, more trendy topics that leaders need to be aware of, you know, not pay right now, you know, pay is top priority, kind of depending on the position. You will find maybe a more seasoned nurse who may be in a leadership role, they might be willing to entertain a lower salary with opportunity to exercise those leadership skills that they have used in the past. Um, You get, it's kind of position-based also. Um, You know, surgical technologists, right now the big push is to go travel especially in Florida. Florida is just kind of notorious for lower salary healthcare positions. Um, I hear it all the time. Oh, I could go travel and I can make this much money. Well, yeah, you know, you can. There's a lot of different factors that you need to look at. And when you're deciding to travel or not travel, there's things that people don't tell you. And your recruiter wants you to sign on the dotted line because that's, what they do they fill positions so you know there's housing there's other just different just tax factors benefits blah blah you know that kind of stuff um but those are the things you need to be aware of that as a leader and the better leaders have lower turnover in their staff and higher patient satisfaction scores so that's what's going to drive the industry and you know that's kind of what I would tell like new nurse leaders and even old nurse leaders. 
I think that's a great point. And I know, you know, especially in looking at nursing staffing in particular, um, it's just been so challenging for any healthcare facility, let alone ASCs who um, may not always have the same benefits as their local hospitals or other um, organizations that they may be competing with for the top talent. So it's refreshing to hear that, you know, there are still nurses out there that would prioritize the ASC um, for the leadership role or the ability to build a great team within the surgical center setting. I know you mentioned there have been just some changes in the culture around um, nursing and around the operating room. What have you noticed that um, nurses want today that might have been different from 10 or 15 years ago? I think nurses are burned out, tired, and the, the clinical care and the clinical burden that they have all, all bedside nurses have faced, um, you know, just during this whole pandemic. Um, <laughs> it's brought a lot of issues to light. It's brought a lot of opinions to light. Uh, you know, you can go the political route and there's, I mean, it's everywhere you look. Um, you know, the kind of the thing I hate, I, I don't even like to engage and talk about it, but it's like, you know, what's going to happen with the COVID mandates and it's exhausting. You know, um, I haven't done bedside nursing um, except for like the first three months of the pandemic. Outside of that, uh, then it was kind of trending down. Um, it just, but it still wears on those in leadership and, you know, bedside nurses, they're speaking up now and they're calling bad leaders out. And in the past, people wouldn't have done that. Um, I think that they would have, you know, formed their groups within their, you know, their work staff, um, you know, it kind of just depends. So a lot of those issues have sparked, you know, just kind of these movements. And I'm not against any of them. And that's not what I'm saying. It's just, I feel that effective leaders need to be aware of those things. That way that they can converse with their employees about that, you know, so if they are asked, well, what's your stance on the COVID vaccine? Or, what's your stance on this? You know, it's important to be able to answer those questions. Absolutely. I can imagine, you know, depending on the individual, you, the right answer, quote unquote, would be very different, more or less, um, based on, you know, who who is on the receiving end of that. So I can imagine it's very stressful trying to navigate those types of discussions. And it, too, when looking at the physician owners and leaders within the surgery center, um, how do you balance what they want and what they see as their vision for the surgery center with some of the trends in healthcare, whether it's the culture, staff, nursing, um, or, or or just altogether how patients are viewing healthcare as well and approaching their own healthcare journey. How do you work with the physician owners and operators and leaders there to make sure that it aligns um, as much as possible for the best of the patients as well as the, the surgery center? Well, first off, I've been really preparing. Uh, that's kind of the first step to all of those aspects above you know, find, talking with the doctor, finding out what their values are. Um, ambulatory surgery centers, 
notoriously are, you know, assembly lines, um, high volume, low cost, more affordable healthcare. Uh, it's important for patients to be aware of that. There's many tools out there. Um, you know, every facility is supposed to have verbiage on their website regarding price transparencies. Uh, the Medicare fee schedule is online. You can download it and you can see exactly how much a facility is going to get paid for a procedure. Um, for patients to really just be educated and to be aware of that. Um, new centers traditionally are out of network with all of the insurance payers. That brings up the out of network benefits, that discussion with the patients. You know, it's never fun to talk finances to patients, especially when you're looking at a, a higher acuity surgery, a total joint replacement, higher implant cost, and you're talking to a patient for a potential, you know, $20,000 bill. And that's their responsibility. Um, it's, it gets tough, but also on that end, it allows for our leadership to prepare our employees for that type of situation. So giving them really the tools that they need, which is uber important. That also extends out into the surgeon's offices. So being able to work with them to get patients to understand and to be comfortable walking in the door. Last thing you want is to, for the patient to arrive on the day of the service and they be anxious and not comfortable. Um, it's just better all around. So I also, you know, on the surgeons end, I look at their, what they value, you know, is, why is the surgeon interested in ownership of this surgery center? Do they want a place where they can have all of their, like, let's just call them toys to play with and like in their playrooms, um, you know, do I want to have two rooms on every day or, you know, every Monday, just so I can do as many cases as I want and no one else is there to work with me. Um, or are they like, listen, whatever is gonna make us profitable and then return our investment. It, I think, you know, you have surgeons that of course they wanna try to go both ways, but, it ultimately comes down to, you know, picking one. So which one do you want to talk to them about? And then as, as I am like getting approvals and, you know, talking with surgeons about making like big capital purchase decisions, I'm kind of empowering them because I'm educating them per their like preference, really. If they're, all about the money, then I'm going to present information that kind of highlights this is a cost savings or this is how we can decrease our overhead by decreasing our discharge times. So, you know, I really feel like a leader needs to work with the surgeon to more empower them to help them make good decisions on the business end. Absolutely. I think that makes a lot of sense. And it's just so interesting to think about having to work with physicians on kind of both ends of those spectrums and understanding what they really want and then 
uh, moving forward based on their preferences, not only with how they perform surgery, but just their approach to managing and operating the surgery center. So that's really interesting. You know, surgeons are brilliant, you know, amazing people. I've worked with so many wonderful surgeons over the years. And just to think that they don't teach business in medical school. So, you know, they they need guidance and they need help sometimes. <laughs> Absolutely. I can imagine that would definitely be the case. Um, before we wrap up our conversation here, I'm just wondering, when you look at um, building this n- new surgery center now from the ground up, what has surprised you, uh, you know, about the process this time versus last time when you were working to build up a new surgery center? And, you know, uh, looking ahead, how are you just preparing to make sure that this time you've got a great culture and can sustain su- success both financially, clinically, et cetera? Well, this time around, I, I mean, construction delays, that was the big one. Um, that was that has caused more trouble and occupied more of my time over the last few months than I would have liked to have spent on that between you know trying to juggle scheduling orders and having delivery of equipment versus how far along we are in construction um, shipping delays you know the only thing we had permitting issues uh, the only thing that actually, it actually maybe worked in our favor a little bit because it didn't, because any supply chain issues were kind of fixed through the permitting delays. So, you know, we're, we're back on track hitting full force. Um, it's, it's been tough because I kind of feel like, you know, I'm going to have only a few weeks from the time that construction is ready to really have employees in the building. So I kind of, I probably started talking and interviewing people a little too early, but um, I had a few candidates that I spoke with for like the last like three or four months and, you know, went to extend offer letters and they were no longer available or they were no longer interested. Um, You know, happens life life happens, family situations change. So uh, being understandable and agreeable with that. And then also just, you know, don't burn bridges, be nice about it. Um, I don't know. It's, uh, it's, it's been challenging. It's been fun though, because I get to take what I maybe struggled with at the former center and brought it into this new center, uh, really evaluating different types of qualities in employees, more of those non-teachable qualities and characteristics versus skill level or competent. I don't want to say competence. I just want to say, you know, maybe their, you know, their level, um, their experience level. So um, those, those qualities have been much more important to me this time around as I move forward and create my team. Well, Ashley, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been a really fascinating discussion and I look forward to connecting with you again soon.
Okay, awesome. Well, thank you so much. It was a pleasure.